Welcome to the fourth episode of Cartesi's Tiny Podcast, a pocket-sized podcast that's here to try and explore the road to mass adoption. We'll be talking with Web3 adventurers and blockchain wizards in bite-sized 15-minute episodes. This time I'm talking with Damien, co-founder and CEO of Think and Dev, a blockchain development company that loves the challenge and decided to only take on really complicated projects. Let's see what they're up to. Damien, welcome. Tell me a bit about Think and Dev. What do you guys do? Uh, first of all, thank you very much to give me this space to talk about the company. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Think and Dev. Think and Dev is a blockchain development company. We love to solve complex troubles. We was working on the blockchain scenario for the last almost four years. And right now we are taking different kind of verticals like uh, artificial intelligence, blockchain, set on all the proof and different kind of Complex technology to solve real world problems. So the main difference with the rest of the company that we have is that we only hire senior developer. Uh, we have people that you already know from the Cartes ecosystem, like people, Mer, Lucas, that are really, really well experienced on the, on the development side. So we like to solve uh, really complicated things and we want to the company that work with us call us for that. We like to get the the hands dirty on the shop. Where did that come from? The the desire to only do complex problems. When I get on, when I was eighteen years old, I started to develop in a company, and I remember that I want to uh, learn a lot of uh, of coding stacks. But something that was really painful for me was getting stuck in a project that was extremely simple. And I only had to do maintenance to that project and was, I don't remember the name of the company, Monsanto. And we already worked six months that year. So the, all, the other six months, we, I was scratching my eggs, doing almost anything. And I was extremely boring, extremely boring. So when we created the company, we decided to challenge the people that is working on with us. This company is to learn a lot fast and work a lot. What was the last problem you ran into with your company that that really blew your mind, right? That that was really painful. Something that is really difficult on our company is try to show what we do. Because we used to work with companies that we have really strict NDA. So if you go to uh. the competition, they show every single NFT project that they do in the world and they look really fancy, but we cannot show anything. Yeah. And it's really painful because we do really amazing things. Maybe off record, I, I, I can tell you a little bit, but I cannot say it in public. No, I get that. I get that. But, you know, if you're working with a lot of NDAs, it means you're working on really big, cool stuff. So let's let's just <laughs> keep it at that. And... Um, yeah, maybe maybe tell me a bit off record. <laughs> uh, we'll come back to this later. But first, I would like to ask you about your hackathon that you organized, King of Devs. Well, we started on the, with the first hackathon the 15th of December of the last year. was like a challenge. We went to do something for the community. We have a really big community of developers. Right now, we are almost... Uh, 
1,000 and a half developers in our community, and we want to do something. And we discovered that time that all the all the hackathons around the globe was was having a trouble. The the owner of the hackathon, the winner of the hackathon, doesn't was a techie person. Was a people that know a little bit about technology and earning the best price only presenting a PDF of something with really good design, but they don't call a single line. So how is it possible that a person is winning a hackathon with no coding? So we create the first hackathon only for people that want to code, but we discovered on the path that coding is not the only thing that you need, because we find a lot of intelligent people want to code something, but they don't know what to code. So in the second hackathon, we bring people from the business side and we get it together. And they have a really good idea, but we discover later that this company will not get to a second phase of creating a company because they, they don't have a business model. So on the first evolution of the hackathon, we get on a partnership with this PISAR that is an incubator from LATAM, Web3 Incubator, and we are helping every single project that goes through the, the, the brainy spot that we are calling it right now they have to find the first client, the first, the, the business model, a real a real way to charge the first client. And they ha have to create a proof of concept, a technical proof of concept. So we are at the, the technical side, the business side, and the marketing side on just one program. Uh, I, I could ask you, what, what was the most noticeable outcome of uh, the second hackathon that you did? For the second hackathon, I think that was a company that I love that they was doing something with uh, learning. I am, I'm really in love with the vertical of learning. So they was giving a reward for every single person that make a, a course or, a, or whatever path you want to learn. And they was giving you an NFT for, I don't know, if you complete the the course for the eighty percent, they will give you a uh, an NFT that proves you that you are almost finished the 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 career. It was that was a really good project. I remember other one, but they still on the new brightness pad, so they will be presenting the new idea on uh, by the end of December. So I don't want to spoil anyone. You, you've got a lot of experience as uh, a business owner, but now doing hackathons as well. As well. Um, tell me, what, what do you think? What's missing uh, for mainstream adoption at this point? Well, I think that is a really good question. Um, the answer for me is really simple, and we are on a really good path, because we need big companies to use blockchain. So if you look, if you see on the market, uh, a few years ago, we was like a bunch of nerdy trying to do funny things. And that is the way to create on the beginning of a uh, new technology. But right now for getting mass adoption, we not only need to solve real world troubles, so we have to find something that the business or the people need. The last year, all the big corporates around the globe are listening about blockchain. I think that the mass adoption will not get through the user, will be get through the big companies. 
Did, did you listen about PayPal using a new wallet of launch in the last six months? I think. Yeah, I I heard about it. Uh, Amazon also getting an option of uh, payment with USDT on the US. There is a lot of possibilities. On the last year, we um, on the last time we discovered that we, we believe that the financial solutions on the what's the best solution for blockchain. And right now, I think that is only one thing. And the best use of blockchain right now doesn't have to doesn't have to take any more with the usability of the money. Um, about your hackathon. Um... Are you just onboarding Web3 developers there, Web2 as well? How How is that going? We are onboarding developers from Web2. We are onboarding junior and trainee developers. But the most important thing that we discovered the last hackathon, that we are onboarding a lot of people that doesn't have anything to see with the technology. For example, we are onboarding liars. Uh, we are uh, lawyers, not liars. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, what my English is crap. Uh, we already have too much layers on, on, on blockchain. <laughs> um, uh, people from graphic design, people from UX and UI, there is a lot of vertical that are coming through blockchain right now. And for me, that is the most important thing right now. Developers, we have too much. It's too much to developer right now. We have people from another side to come and create new things. All right. Um, and in, in, I mean, in, in that sense, does, do you think it helps in any way what we're doing, making uh, Linux runtime available on blockchain, all your trusted languages? We have to do it. Um, Cartesi has something that is really, uh, I'm not really in love with Cartesi for something in particular. And you have the simplicity to work on every single language that you know. And you don't have the limitation of no a new programming language to go in deep with blockchain. And for me, that this is something that is really important from the mass adoption cause. Imagine that you have a company, um, I don't know, uh, let's put the name of Amazon, for example, and you want to create a new product on blockchain, you have to hire a lot of Solidity developer and creating a new part of the company that will be this uh, uh, um and focus to the, to the blockchain scenario and with this technology you don't you don't have to do it maybe you have your python uh, team and you can switch it to use the technology that you already have and that is something good for me and, and we have the responsibility to keep doing what we are doing because we are spreading the world and taking out the fear of the people the people Listen about blockchain, and they used to think that we are only Bitcoin. Yeah. And if you see Bitcoin, doesn't have anything to see that with what we are doing. It's only one coin, only about blockchain. But if you look in deep, there is a lot of possibilities to create a new world uh, uh, ahead of that. True. The, yeah. There's so much more, but that's that's the perception people have from the outside. Yeah. Exactly. We always have to take care about how we tell the story about uh, blockchain. And I always, always think about how can explain to my mother on what I'm working. So 
that is the most difficult thing for me because we have to get, keep really simple to understand to every single person. Indeed, my mother is keep thinking that I'm working on Bitcoin. She doesn't understand, so I'm not doing a really good work, but believe me that I'm trying my best. <laughs> how, how, how would you explain it to your mother in a few sentences? Can you do that? What are we doing? Yes, I try to do it. We are creating a, a computer system to work with a special network that kept the traceability uh, and trust of the every single transaction really simple. Uh, but it will be difficult to to explain. No, that 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 actually works. I think. I haven't been able to explain my mother yet what we're actually doing, so I might I might borrow these uh, <laughs> these few sentences from you. Um, hey, last question because uh, as you know, this is a tiny podcast, so we only got fifteen minutes, right? We have a community grants program, and you guys wrote a proposal. Um, explain a little bit. Give me a, a, a little uh, sneak peek. What's uh, what's the plan? We are creating a. A project that will be will be helping all the um, community of Cartesi to use the OpenCV libraries, and we are creating a different kind of repositories to help the developers to go through uh, the creation of uh, image recognition systems. On that on that part, we are creating a project that detects a car that is making an infraction and can save the video, uh, the hash of the video on the blockchain, and you have a proof that is irrefutable for every single one. That sounds great. The process around, from my point of view, believe me that we do a lot of running on different kinds of blockchain, and was simple, fast, and straightforward. The people on Cortez is always really well on the communication side, so for me it was perfect. Nice, okay. Then, uh, well, our our time is up. Uh, so first, I want to thank you for your time and uh, being here to talk with me. And uh, we'll see you okay, later. See you. Bye-bye. Next week, I'm joined by Karsten Monk. He's a board director here at Cartesi, but loves to get his hands dirty. We will talk about his latest project where he made RISC-V computing verifiable on Bitcoin using BitVM and Cartesi.